Good morning, everyone. Welcome. And I was just marveling at how precious it is to carve out this little bit of time during your week uh, just to slow down and stop and uh, sit. Um, it's such a rare thing uh, to sit in stillness and silence and uh, sort of come back to your senses <laughs> because we live so much uh, in our minds during the day we kind of forget that we not only see but smell, taste, touch, <clears throat> hear and when we stop the chatter, we have a chance to re-inhabit our bodies, our, our beings, our breathing in and breathing out. And it's a real blessing to be able to have a place where you can come uh, for this kind of refuge. Uh, to just It's sort of a, a mirror of your in, internal refuge, uh, that quiet still space within you that you can go to um, whenever you wish uh, and you can certainly come to Oan whenever you wish to to reconnect with that space so um, it's wonderful that we can share this practice as well that we can support each other in taking refuge um, so thank you for your effort to be here and to support one another and to support the Zendo. Um, <clears throat> on the eraser board downstairs, I wrote a um, Pali term, Kalyanamita, which I think is very beautiful. Uh, I think it's a good name for a cat, <laughs> Kalyanamita. Um, <laughs> And uh, it means um, spiritual friend. And sometimes that term, Kalyanamita, um, refers to the teacher as a spiritual friend. Not just Sangha members, but uh, your teacher is a spiritual friend. And in our tradition, um, it is very important to have a teacher. Um, and one might ask, why? Why is it important to have a teacher? <clears throat> One of the things I'd like you to do, I'd like to invite you to do this morning is to remember a teacher who had a profound influence on you, who made a difference in your life, uh, who you admire, respect, and love. Uh, you have a real sense of deep feeling for And I suspect that each of us has 
some person, some teacher, who has occupied that place in our lives. Can we just go around and invite that person into our circle? Can we just name the person? Just the name. Hmm? Ah, just the name. Uh, Tempo Lama. <clears throat> My French teacher in high school, Mrs. Quinlan. Michael Nelson. Neil Brown. And now I'd like you to identify some particular virtue or characteristic that this teacher had or has that made this person so significant? What, what was it about them that was so meaningful to you? Can you, I'm sure there were many qualities, but if there's one that stands out for you, can you go around again? Centered. Um, strong. I'm having a hard time putting words to it. <laughs> Commitment to the activity. Authenticity. Authenticity. So in none of these, no one of these characteristics did I hear um, really smart and knowledgeable which is interesting because what truly moves us and truly deepens our relationship to a person is less about their intelligence and their achievements, and more about their character. Um, and this is also um, what is particularly significant in having a spiritual friend or a teacher. What is most important about this person or persons is their character their way of being, their passion, their love, their strength, their balance, their things that have very little to do with the brain and a lot more to do with the heart. In Buddhist practice, um, the spiritual friend um, has what Buddha refers to as seven characteristics. And as a matter of fact, um, when one of his disciples, Ananda, approached him one day and said, I made a great discovery about spiritual friendship. And that is that it's 
it's really half of the half of the path. It's half of of what it means to be following this this Buddhist pathway. And Buddha said, "I'm sorry, Ananda. You're you're inaccurate. It is not half of the path. It is all of the path. All of the path." This is a very strong claim that somehow our connection, our spiritual connection with one another, and particularly with spiritual friends, constitutes the whole of this pathway, which indirectly is claiming that this is not a path which we do alone. Despite the fact that we each sit alone (laughs) and we say this is a do-it-yourself, there's no dogma here, there's nothing to obey, this is something that has to come from you, that it is be a lamp unto yourself, do not rely on dogma or on authority, you are the authority. So, of course, Zen is full of paradoxes. So this is something you do alone, but cannot do alone. Kind of a koan. You you have to rely on yourself, and yet there's no way you can move along this path without spiritual friendship. Now, according to the Buddha, this is what a spiritual friend or teacher does. First thing is that this spiritual friend gives what is beautiful and hard to give. Which is to say that when we engage in spiritual friendship, we give the most beautiful part of us, the deepest part of us, the most precious aspect of who we are. And we give it completely, totally. And it's hard to give because it's so intimate. Sometimes uh, when uh, we are in a circle, I'll ask people to share their breath, to allow your, your breath to become audible. And it's very hard for people to allow their breaths to be heard by others because the breath is a very intimate thing. And to hear your breathing, allowing somebody else to hear your breathing is a very intimate experience. And it's hard to share that. So it's really hard to give this soft, tender place inside of you. We want, when you said strong, we want to protect that. We want to 
armor ourselves. So it's hard to give the heart. It's hard to give that softness, that tenderness. It's hard to give attention. It's probably one of the most precious things that we can give someone is our attention. And how difficult it is to do that these days because our attention is so fragmented with multitasking and so many so much busyness that to give someone your full attention is a very rare thing. When, when you know somebody is really paying attention to you or you're really paying attention to someone else and giving them that care, that's hard. And your spiritual friend, your teacher, does that. Gives what is hard to give. The spiritual friend does what it is hard to do. Listens to you. Hard. Hard to do. To, to actually listen and not feel always responding, always thinking of what next to say or how you want to present yourself. But to truly be open and listen is very hard. It's, it's very hard not to meddle with people. When somebody is speaking with you, if you're a teacher or a friend, and they're suffering, which is often what happens... It's hard to give them advice. It's hard not to give them advice. It's hard to know how to not to help. <laughs> and sometimes not helping is more helpful than helping. That is hard. That is hard to do because we, we, we want to fix things. We want to fix people. And so it's hard. There's a, a Tibetan master named uh, uh, Chogun Trumpa Rinpoche who speaks about idiot compassion, which is kind of a crude way of speaking of about a certain kind of compassion which is all sort of syrupy and mindless and oh yes I'm, I feel so sorry for you and what can I do to help and I'm such a good person and I want to you know I, I want to just lay down my life for you and that's that's a sort of kind of naive form of compassion it's almost it's not really paying attention to what that person needs. It's more about you wanting to be a good person or a compassionate person. So really listening to what someone else needs, which may be that you just leave them alone and let them go through their karma, their karmic consequences. Not to meddle with people is sometimes very hard to do. And a good friend will know, and a good teacher will know, when not to meddle with you and to just let you be. But just be there. When you 
when you ask for that certain permission to be helped. A spiritual friend endures painful things, endures what is hard to do, hard to endure. Sometimes it's really hard to endure watching somebody else suffer. But your friend is there with your suffering. Our tendency is to want to move away from people when they're in pain. Uh, It's hard to endure watching that and being with that. We want to be with people when they're happy and having fun and making us feel good and... We don't want to, we have enough problems (laughs) to endure as opposed to enduring somebody else's problems. But a spiritual friend endures what is hard to endure. It's also hard to endure somebody else's ignorance (laughs) Um, when you see that this is so obvious this is what you should do this is your problem and they can't see it and it's hard to endure that and you you want to shake them and say look it's right in front of your nose let you let it be you don't respond to your own frustration you accompany that person in in their struggles in their trying to move out of ignorance a spiritual friend tells you his or her secrets doesn't hide from you doesn't pretend like there's something that they're not. Doesn't pretend to be perfect. And is willing to open to things that are hidden in them. No privacy in spiritual friendship. We don't hide. We reveal completely our humanity as difficult as that might be because we want to preserve an image so nothing nothing withheld no secrets nothing belongs to me I don't possess my own life I share totally and your secrets your friend keeps. So the feeling is trust. That you feel that you can tell your teacher or your friend anything. And you can trust them. To hold. 
to hold that and to respect your privacy, your life, and you should be able to feel complete confidence in saying anything, knowing that it, that it will be respected and held with tenderness and affection and love. When misfortune strikes, your teacher or friend does not abandon you. <clears throat> What's that phrase? When the going gets rough, the some the going gets tough, the tough get going. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Well, in this case, the tough don't get going. <laughs> the tough does, do not abandon you. When you're in trouble, when you're suffering, um, you can count on the fact that your teacher or your friend will be there for you. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how tough it gets. So this feeling of devotion, that your teacher or your friend is devoted to you. And no matter what happens, that person will be there. It's often said in our tradition that when you have a teacher or a friend, a spiritual friend, um, even though you may leave that person and find another teacher or another friend or you have a falling out which often happens with teachers and friends because it is so intimate and it's so easy to the thing to fall apart because it's so personal it's like the people you have most trouble with are your family <laughs> because it's so personal it's so intimate and similarly with your spiritual life, everything is so sensitive that it can easily fall apart. But in our tradition, we say that once you have a spiritual friend or teacher, that friend will always be your friend and always be your teacher, no matter what. Even if you never talk to them again, if you never connect with them again, that connection will never die. It's for your lifetime and it's for many lifetimes to come. You can't abandon your teacher and your teacher cannot abandon you. It's that simple. It takes many forms, but the connection, once it's established, never, dis never dissolves. When you're down and out, your teacher or friend does not look down on you. <clears throat> no judgments from your friends or teachers. No matter how bad things get for you, 
Your teacher or friend does not criticize, does not judge, does not look down on you. Oh, uh, my life is so much better than yours. (laughs) You're having trouble, but I don't have trouble that way. So, I mean, too bad. I pity you. I pity you. (laughs) I feel so sorry for you. No, it does not look down on you. But shares, shares your suffering, shares your joy. So there's no hierarchy. When we think of a teacher, the teacher is not up here and you're down here. That's why it's called friendship. It's this. It's this oneness on every level. So those are the seven um, seven qualities of spiritual friendship. So I'm asking you, given that, what is necessary? about having a spiritual friend or teacher. Why is this necessary? Many people claim, especially in Buddhist practice, I don't need a teacher. I don't need a friend. Life will be my teacher. Life will be my... I'll learn everything I need to know from what life brings me. I can meditate in my living room, in my bedroom. I don't need, I don't need to come to Oan. I don't need to hear Dharma talks. I don't even need to go online and listen to Dharma talks. I'm just, Buddhism is, it's all about me. So, why do we say that you need a teacher, you need a spiritual friend. Can you see any reasons for this necessity?